Welcome in to the Tapping the Keg Daily for September 29th. Charlie here with you. We are going to talk about the Cream Bay Packers losing to the Detroit Lions 34 to 20. A bad, bad loss for the Green Bay Packers. We're going to wonder if the Packers have a Detroit Lions problem. We will get into that. We're also going to have Shaken on the show. He's back. He hasn't been on in a long time. He will be on for Golden Kegs. We're also going to talk a little bit about Dame Lillard. He's going to answer the questions about if the Packers do, in fact, have a Detroit Lions problem. And much, much more. Talk about the club scene, too. Uh, you can go see him tonight at Trinity. You can also see him at the Sophie on Saturday, one of my favorite spots. I give a little plug later. Sophie should probably do some advertising for us. I think that's something we, we need to put in the works, but we'll get there. Uh, before we get going, just a reminder, social media, Tabby the Keg on Twitter, just hanging out during pack game. Hope you guys join me for it. Uh, great interaction. Missed the reviews. Uh, they're there on Twitter. They're also on Instagram at Tabby the Keg Sports, uh, Tabby the Keg Sports on TikTok as well as Facebook, like those reviews. Uh, I got them up late because of the I had to tape with Shannon. So uh, make sure that you guys are checking those out. Uh, if you are a Shakehead fan, you are checking us out for the first time. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast, Overcast, Good Pods, the whole thing. Uh, so make sure you're checking us out. Uh, we usually run four days a week. Uh, we're doing five right now. It's the last of the five. Uh, probably run five next week with the Milwaukee Brewers and their playoff run. So yeah, it's a, it's a wild time right now. We're having, we're having fun. It's a great time. And it, even though tonight did not go the way we wanted to, it's great to be a Scott sports fan. A lot, a lot of balls in the air. All right. Let's talk about the Green Packers and their Detroit Lions problem. Back when Lovey Smith took over the Chicago bears, he talked about how he wanted to beat the Green Bay Packers. And that was one of his goals. And Lovey Smith followed up on that goal. Lovey Smith was always a thorn in the Green Bay Packers side. And Lovey Smith reestablished the Packers Bears rivalry. And for a while there, the Packers and Bears played pretty close matchups. And they never really seemed to exactly figure out that cover two defense. And there was always struggles with Lovey Smith and the in the Bears, Bears led team. And it was never going to be easy when you face the Bears. That's obviously a far cry than what we have today. You might ask yourself, Charlie, why, why are you talking about the Bears? Because Dan Campbell is the reincarnation of Lovey Smith. And Dan Campbell is basically what Lovey Smith was to the early, the 2000, 2010 Green Bay Packers, where they're always going to fight. They're going to punch you in the mouth and you have to be ready for it. And for the fourth straight time, the Green Bay Packers weren't. Now, I'm willing to forgive Matt LaFleur for that first one because that was the last game of the season. Aaron Rodgers, I think, played a quarter, uh, and then it was the Jordan Love show, and that was a very young, uh, green Jordan Love at that time. And then the losses last year where the Packers easily could have won in Detroit. Their offense could not do a goddamn thing. The weird David Bakhtiari play to get him a touchdown, given the fact that all of his knee injuries and everything else was just wild to look back in retrospect that Bakhtiari went out for a pass in that fucking game. And that game went to absolute hell for the Green Bay Packers. And then they have a chance to beat Detroit in Lambeau Field and get into the playoffs miraculously after the Packers had been through the goddamn ringer. And I guess, I, I don't know. I think, I wonder if the Packers went and went to San Francisco because they would have been the seventh seed. 
and they got the doors blown off them in San Francisco. Would Joe Bear have gotten fired? We saw with, you know, Miami and Giannis, right? Uh, you know, Drew Holiday and Coach Boonholzer are probably still here if the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Miami Heat. But because they didn't, they both got fired. And because the Packers made a great run to a potential playoff spot, Joe Barry kept his job. Reasons that are, are still unknown at the time, especially when Matt LaFleur, you know, tells the media like, hey, yeah, we keep getting our asses kicked. He, I'm paraphrasing Matt here, but basically he's like, we keep getting our ass kicked and we have to fix it. Like the audacity to say that after what happened all of last year is fucking absurd. But we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about Joe Barry. We bitched about Joe Barry in week two. The fact is, is that Green Bay Packers have a Lions problem. I talked about the Lions as a little brother on Tuesday, and that was probably one of the fucking, fucking stupidest things I've done in this podcast in a long time. Now, granted, didn't get back to me. I didn't put it on social. I didn't do, do any of that. If I did, I would be getting absolutely flanked. But I didn't post it because it's not my full-time job. And I, I wish I did. Like, I, I know that it, that would have led to a lot of shit. I realized my mentions would have been on an absolute fire. But at the same time, that's that's good. That's good. It's good for business. And I, I, while I do mean what I say, that it takes a while to graduate from that little brother status, these, these type of games is what gets you past that little, little brother mentality. And Dan Campbell is nobody's little brother. Dan Campbell does not take shit from absolutely anybody. Dan Campbell had his guys ready to play, and the Packers did not match that juice. Packers got a turnover right away. Packers could have set the tone of that goddamn football game, and they settled for a field goal. They went three and out. They passed the ball all three times. I can forgive some of the passing plays with the Packers early on because the Lions secondary is banged up. They just shut down the run, a very good run, of B. John Robinson and uh, Tyler Alger on a side note. I've been doing that a lot lately where I'm going to run instead of just rushing attack. I don't know why it's been a bad habit. I got to break it. But anyways, here nor there. Uh, they they shut down probably the best rushing attack in football in Atlanta last week. So I understand coming out and passing the ball a little bit. Then going back to it for the next drive made absolutely no sense. And Matt LaFleur was thrown off the script. And all of a sudden the Packers were playing from behind. But passive Joe Barry, you know, let the Lions basically do whatever they want and dog walked us up the goddamn field for two straight drives. And then all of a sudden the Packers are in a 14 to three hole. They got into a 17 to three hole. They got a bend, don't break. It's like, okay, hey, we got a field goal. And then Jordan Love throws a terrible interception. The Lions get another score. It's 24 to three before you fucking know it. And the Lions were able to play their football. And for the third straight time that the Lions have met the Packers, they are able to play their brand of football. And I think it's fair to ask what the Packers brand of football is. We don't know yet, right? Is it, is it the resilient, scrappy bunch that's never out of a football game? Is that their brand? Is Matt LaFleur's brand non-existent? Do we not know what Matt LaFleur sort of smells like, like a cologne, right? Like, is it just sort of unknown? Is it a mystery flavor at this point where like the dumb, dumb sucker, like what is Matt LaFleur's brand? We don't have it. And is that concerning, right? Where it was the Packers team, was that Aaron Rodgers brand? And they, they basically were what Aaron Rodgers was. We talked about how last week the Packers come back. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would have been able to do that. 
I've, I've seen just sort of a turtling of Rodgers in the last few years. And I was wondering, well, is that a Rodgers thing or is that a LaFleur thing? And at that point, I was on Rodgers' side, but now, now I'm maybe on LaFleur because LaFleur kind of turtled here a little bit. LaFleur got out of his game plan. LaFleur did not sort of get the Packers back established. It, it just did not make a whole lot of sense. And it seems like Dan Campbell's in his head a little bit. And that's not good. That's a rival. You need to be better than your rivals. And maybe it's because Dan is a machismo. He's vibes guy. He's all on heart and balls. And he's not on brains. Kevin O'Connell's on brains. Matt Eberflus doesn't have brains. He's just brainless and doesn't have really a football team. So you're able to mitigate that with those two guys. Then when it comes to Campbell, he's a totally different style of coach. And Matt LaFleur can't really match that juice. And that's that's an issue. That's a real problem for the Green Bay Packers. And they're going to have to figure it out. And they're going to have to go in Detroit and do different things and be a different team. We have a long way to go till that Thanksgiving showdown which I hope is a showdown. I hope it's not the Packers are scuffling and we're discussing whether they should tank for Caleb Williams. I don't want to do that. I want the Packers to be bubbling towards the top, right? I don't want another loss to the Lions. You've now lost four straight times to the Detroit Lions. You lose five straight times. Lions are Lions are there. I already think they're there, but it's it's bad right now. And these aren't your these aren't your older brother lions. These aren't your dad's lions. These are these are different type of lions. And the lion type is going to be out of control. But it's probably warranted at this point. And I, I can't I can't really defend much of it. Um, but it's very frustrating that one of your divisional opponents kind of has a stranglehold over you. And that's that's how it feels. And I, I really think that going forward. Green Bay Packers need to draft. They need to sign guys that are going to beat the Lions. You know, Brian Branch showing out tonight. Now, I know he got hurt, and it was ridiculous he was out there, you know, uh, up 17. But Brian Branch was a guy the Packers probably could have traded down and had instead of Luke Van Ness, who was on a fourth and three play, and he was completely fucking lost in coverage. And I, I like Luke Van Ness. That's not exactly a shot, but just for reference, right? Pretty sure they could add. They had Sam Laporta. Like, I'd have to look at that. But like that again, you you there is you know opportunities there, and the Lions have seemingly done a lot more. And the Lions have definitely established themselves at this point as the king of the North. Now that can change, right? The title belt can definitely change. Packers have to figure out how they can be. Better than the Lions. Uh, Laporta got taken before Musker, so there was no there's no chance at Laporta for the Green Bay Packers. But it's you know it it's definitely the worst loss of the year, right? I think the Atlanta loss. You're like, okay, could have had that game. We probably win that game in November. I don't know if you win this game in November. They play in November. Uh, do you feel good about the Packers and Lions? Like, what would you set the line of Packers and Lions in? Ford Field, probably four and a half, five. Like that's, man, that's bad. And it, it's warranted though, because the Lions have shown they have the Packers number. And that is something that has not, it's, it's barely ever happened. It's strange times. 
that's the NFL we're living in, right? No, I, I look at baseball and baseball has none of the premier teams in the postseason for the first time since 1993. The Indy are out of the, I don't know why it's the Indians. The, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they, that they're not a premier team. I promise. They're the Guardians. Uh, it's late. I'm sorry. Uh, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the, and the Cardinals. Uh, it's the first time since 1993. None of those teams are in there. And you look at it and it's just kind of an, it's kind of drawing. You're like, there's not really a national media darling. If the Cubs and Cubs don't get in the Phillies, I guess the Braves, maybe, but that's, that's it. Uh, not, oh, the Dodgers are, are there, but like, it's not, not as many as it, it usually is. And maybe we have a playoffs where the Lions and Browns are the two best teams. And it's just a wacky, wacky fucking year. But the Packers need to figure out how they how they bring their own juice to the Lions. And the Raiders game is now a big one because you can either go into the bye and be three and two, or you can go into the bye and be two and three. And the Raiders are a beatable opponent. They can beat that Vegas Raiders team. They they have some talent, but they don't have a lot. And you hope to have Jair back for Devontae. I mean, they don't have Jair for Devontae. That, that could be an issue. Um, and yeah, you're, you, you didn't have all your guys, the offensive line finally, finally showed its words. And that's something we'll talk about in the golden kegs here in a second with shake on, but yeah, it's Packers have to figure out their lines problem because they certainly have one right now and it's not getting fixed anytime soon. All right, for Golden Kegs, we are bringing on a special guest, and we'll talk probably a little Dame Lillard, a little, maybe maybe sneak in some uh, Brewers or DJ talk at the end of there. Uh, my guy Shea Kent is joining us. It's been a while. It's been a minute since he's been on, but he wanted to hang out after the Packers lost to the Lions, uh, which we welcome in. What's up, brother? How you doing? Uh, you heard my open. It's already my open. You probably didn't hear it because you're you're coming on. Talk about the Packers having a little bit of a lines problem. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that is the case? And and there and also tell people where where you're going to be probably before before we get going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll be back to uh, to Trinity on Friday. Kids back in school. It's been kind of oh yeah since uh, school's gotten back since late August, early September, and then I'll be at uh, Sophie on Saturday. Okay. It's so, a solid weekend. Hopefully the weather starts to get a little bit nicer. We had some rain here, which we desperately needed. But uh, yeah, yeah, 70, it's a good weekend. yeah, I mean, it's like 79, 80, I think this weekend. You know, I, I always I always do love myself a Sophie moment. I know a couple of the boys came out and saw you at Whitetail. I had to. Yeah. Yeah. I, shout I, out to the boys. I had to hightail it out of there because I uh, I had a early early wake up for Lambo on on Sunday and it was a much better experience. It, it could have been the same way as this. Uh, there's a real life scenario where the Packers are one and three and they've lost three straight games, but yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully they were able to pull that out. At least we go one on one here in this week. Unfortunately, the the loss is to a division rival, a team that we just can't beat. Uh, that we've lost now four straight games to. I that fourth one, little Fugazi, right? Like it was Jordan Love's second start, or actually Rogers started that game, but played barely. And Love comes in for most of it. I'm not counting that one at all. Uh, but the last two years have been bad. Then this year seems like there is a little bit of a Lions problem, as I said in the open. And uh, what do you do? You, do you agree? Do you feel like it's not? is it something to actually worry about or is it something that it's just like, it's there and just have to, have to maybe bring a, bring something different to the table. 
Yeah, I don't know. They've they've certainly had our number right four straight. I think they're what eight and five in their last thirteen against the Packers. Um, and I, it always starts with the guys up front, especially offensive and our offensive line. Aiden Hutchinson, the last two years, has just mm-hmm. been our one man wrecking crew. And and I think they mentioned it on the on the broadcast a number of times. They weren't even really blitzing. And granted, you know our offensive line is is so beat up. Um, and obviously we're not going to have Bakhtiar for the next four. So they got to figure something out. Um, you know, Royce Newman uh, is, I, I can't believe he's getting time. John, you know, Runyon looked awful. Um, Zach Tom probably out of everybody played the, the best and that's not saying something. Um, so they're going to have to figure that out quick. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is, is kind of one of, one of a kind and, in you know, what he can do by himself, but there's going to be a lot of better defensives, a lot of better defensive fronts. Um, We'll see what happens with Musgrave. I know he went out um, and, and Daguerre had stepped in and played nicely, but they're going to have to figure out a way to stop, uh, stop this pass rush. Cause I mean, it's going to be a tough go of it here the next few weeks without Bach and who knows how long Jenkins is out. Right. Uh, We're definitely gonna have to figure some stuff out. Um, I, I was, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast enough. It was like, Jordan Love doesn't have time, but we're not. We're also not running plays, you know, short enough, quick enough plays that give him just a chance to get the ball out quick. I mean, that's the best fast way to, right. to, to stop a, a pass rush like that is just to get the ball out quick. And they started to do that first that first drive of the second half, that nice long eighty five or eighty six yard drive they had that scored, but you know, little too little, too late, and uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna have to course correct here pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, you know, you like the the long week, um, certainly to to rebuild after a loss like this, but um, yeah, I mean they're gonna have to start start putting some things together, especially on that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I, you said a lot, and like I think number one, I almost wonder if like beating the Saints was actually bad because I wonder if they just kind of read their Twitter and Instagram mentions. And everyone's talking about how great you are and talking about this great comeback and they're a young team and they thought, okay, we can just, we can do this again, whatever. We get down right. early. We're fine. We're okay. Like it's not a big deal. And I, I do also wonder like, Hey, is Dan Campbell the new Lovey Smith, right? Like Lovey Smith owned the Packers. Like Lovey Smith talked about how like he wanted to beat the Packers and, you know, pre like, Hey, we own the bears. Lovey Smith was in that ass a lot. Yeah. And yeah. like, and so I, I do wonder, like, is this now the next iteration of that? And Matt Lafar has to think about some different things and think about how how do we bring that juice? How do we bring that Dan Campbell energy to the table? Uh, the fact that you're outscored 45 to three in the last two first halves yep. has to stick with you. And to your point about short intermediate passes getting going, like you just wonder if Packers score a touchdown in that first drive, and after they forced a turnover, like we were all cool with field goal. We're like, all right, cool. You get some points. You got points off turnover. That's right. great. But it's like, if you actually score a touchdown there, like that's an entirely different scenario. That's an entirely different story. And yep. now the Lions are trailing and they have to play from behind. I don't really think that they are built to play from behind. And, and it, it all it's all different. And yet the Packers weren't able to do that. And they were able to let the Lions dictate the game. And I think that's the other frustrating thing about the Campbell and the Lions problem is like they are letting the Lions dictate the game. To your point about the trenches, I think that's where it starts, right? And they are the ones that are the hammer. 
Like sometimes you're a hammer, sometimes you're a nail, and that's all life. Like that's like you know, right? Like yeah. some conversations you have with your wife, like you're you're just the nail, <laughs> and and then but like this is one of those things where like you can't as a as a sports team when you're playing a team so fucking often, you can't just keep getting your ass kicked. Like at some point, you just got to be a motherfucker about it. And, and maybe and, and, yeah, go ahead. Oh God. Well, I was gonna say maybe that like that fourth and three where Campbell goes for it, and that and then there was a short interaction between Lafleur and Campbell. Maybe that's the thing that's like, all right, that was Dan Campbell pushing you down and spitting on your face. That was a bully fucking move. Okay, like you got to show some pride here. You gotta, you gotta get up from that. And Thanksgiving is something they care about. And if we go into their house and we beat their fucking ass on Thanksgiving, then then it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. and that that game will matter more than this game. It's September, okay? Like right. I we I, I guess let's before we go to goal case, like if if I told you at the start of September, before the season even started, we're two and two heading into October, would you take that? Take that, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, in the same sense, like you said, you could be one and three, but I I mean, I think everybody's been pleasantly surprised with Jordan Love. I think, yeah. We've gotten four games out of him. I think we can we can really see what he's going to become. Um, it's all there. I think the young receivers, especially Jaden Reed, has have shown up. I think have have over delivered what we've expected. Smart Tour has made some nice plays. So, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with two and two where we're at. Um, I don't love the the way that we lost tonight. Um, no. You know, to to your point, you know, it was it was the complete opposite, right? It was. Once Dan Campbell figured out we can run on these guys, we're gonna impose our will. And we didn't throw, we didn't, or we didn't run the ball in the first drive. If we kick a field goal, I don't think we we ran the ball in the second either. I think we no. had six. six we passes. didn't have a single rush yard. I don't think in in the first in the first quarter. So it was Dan Campbell realizing I'm gonna impose my will. I'm gonna put my nuts on the table. I'm gonna run all over right. you. Yeah. And here's the floor not running the ball at all. And it's usually not usually that's that's the other way around is is the right. back kind of imposing their will on the ground. And it was just kind of a, a flip-flop of of um you know opportunity and, and Dan Campbell took advantage of it. And I thought Matt LaFleur kind of called a, a bad certainly a bad a bad game plan in the first yeah. half. I kind of had to just let things go in the second, but um they yeah, they came in and, and set their game plan and, and dominated really in all facets. Yeah, no, that is, I mean, that's very true. And and that's part of it. And, and you have to, you have to adjust. You have to figure out what do you do differently against this team? Because they, at this point, are the Kings of the North. Will they be the Kings of the North at the end? We'll see. Like this, this has been the line. This is kind of who the Lions are. They'll start hot. They'll get going. But then when, when it's nut crunching time, I realized they got on a run last year. When it's not crunching time, we've seen them collapse. I talked about it with Mitch yesterday. Like they were on their way to winning the division. They kicked the living shit out of us on Thanksgiving in 2013. Mm-hmm. And then they lost four straight games and missed the playoffs. It, you know, it's like it, it there was that uh there was that Stafford game with Rogers where Rogers was on one calf and Rogers beat Stafford in Lambeau the last game of the year. And they both went to the playoffs. Detroit goes to Dallas and they lose. And there's that crazy ref play or whatever. But again, that was the time where Detroit could come in and, and do it. And now finally, they might have graduated from that little brother angle. I, I'm not there yet. Like I still need to see a full season. But if mm-hmm. they beat the Packers again at Thanksgiving, I can't really call the Lions little brother. 
I don't even know if I could call Lions little brother if even if we beat them because at this point it's like I don't know I will we'll just sort of have to see. Yep. Wow. Yeah, let's uh let's get into Golden Kegs. Uh for those who are new for the Shake Ken, what, what what are your fans called? What would you call your fans? <laughs> the uh, the Shake Kenny Axe. I don't know. The Shake Crazies. I like the Shake Crazies. I like that. Shay all we'll, day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll work on that. We'll get IT on that. Um, but yeah, we'll get a name for you. But no, for those who don't always listen to our show, it's okay. Um, that's why, you know, we, we want to spread the good word. Uh, Golden Kegs is what we do after every Packer game. We go from five to one, uh, and five being the best, one being the worst. Uh, sometimes it's player related. Sometimes it's just what's happening in the game. Sometimes it's other stuff that's been going on. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, number five for our five keg is, uh, Quay Walker on defense. That's a specific thing. Just Quay Walker (laughs) on defense. Quay Walker had 19 tackles. He that's the second time now in the last four games where he's had over 15 tackles in a game. Quay Walker is balling out defensively. He looks like a different player on that side of, of the field. And it's just been, it's been really fun to watch. It's it's I think he's going to make more plays as the year goes on and not just be a tackling machine, but having a guy in that second level that can tackle on a consistent basis is a huge thing for this Packers team. Yeah. And I actually think some of the stuff that actually impressed me more, I mean, we'll talk about the reason why he had so many tackles, which is not always a great thing, but there was, there was a lot of plays in the past game that I was, that I specifically saw. There was a a little out route that Jameer Gibbs ran. They ended up getting the first down on it. It's a two, two, maybe three yard play for, but Quay followed him and was in his hip. And it was actually really impressive to see. The second one that that also ended up in a first down, but was a little uh, hitch. It was not a hitch route, but it was basically a, a hitch and go. And he was matched up on Laporta and followed Laporta, you know, step oh, for step. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the play just got extended and Quay had to chase and they ended up getting a completion. But, I mean, he was with him the whole time. That's a, that's a tough ask for a guy that, that size. I was more impressed with the, uh, the, the Jameer Gibbs one just because of how explosive Gibbs is but right um I mean you've you've got to be excited at least with you what you've seen out of him and, and just the strides he's made we'll obviously talk about you know some of the the things the, the other like, yeah but, there uh, yeah there's uh there's another angle of the Clay Walker story tonight that we'll we'll discuss but yeah just the defensive player it's it's the sky seems to be the limit uh, for him and, and did it without Campbell too. That's one yeah, thing. It's, right. He struggled a lot last year when, when Devondre was out. Mm-hmm. So, so to see him kind of be that leader and be that guy without him and really make all of the plays all over the field was, was good to see uh, on, on some levels. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also five keg to Anders Carlson. If you're curious how di- down we are as Packer fans, <laughs> there, there is your answer where the kicker is uh, a five kegger. 12 for 12, um, right, at field goals? Yeah, yeah, look, he's making his field goals. It was a 50-yard field goal. He booted a bunch of them out of the end zone today. Um, yeah, it was it was a solid, solid Andres Carlson day. and Justifies Packers' decision. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the stuff in the special teams hasn't been going right. But Andres Carlson is, Daniel Whelan is. So that, I mean, that is at least a good thing. I think some of the special teams penalties and some of the, like, Little things you obviously had the punt return uh in week three. You had the Quay play here in week four. 
I, I just wonder the punt return more so than the play stuff. I, I wonder if that's just like a young, that's just, you have all these injuries. So a bunch of guys are playing special teams that you don't really want playing special teams, but you have to. Can I, yeah. Can, well, we'll talk about one later. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention it in the, in the one later. But Yeah. Wow. Why don't you uh, give us our, our four keg? Yeah. Uh, I thought Romeo Dobbs looked really good. Um, he had nine, four, 95. He was targeted 13 times. Um, you know, obviously kind of became that guy for Jordan tonight. And, and you know, again, you didn't see a ton out of Watson, and that is is certainly – I mean, you get the touchdown out of him, but um, only four targets. Um, it's it's probably a slow build with him. Right. Um, and to see kind of the growth of Romeo Dubs and that he's kind of become the number one guy, at least in this in these first four games, um, is encouraging. Made some tough plays. I, I still think there's – um, opportunity for him to get even better at the point of of catch. Um, certainly last week there was a couple of those, but um, overall pretty encouraged with with his effort and and kind of being that guy when when we needed a, a play um, yeah. tonight. So yeah, I, I think even when Christian Watson's full strength and hopefully that's next week against the Raiders, I think Romeo Dobbs is still like your go to guy. Like I, mm-hmm. I think he is the Jordy Nelson that Aaron Rodgers had, and that's like high praise. But I, I still I think that's what Romeo Dobbs is for Jordan Love. And Jordan Love has a connection with him. We've seen it all summer and we're seeing it now in the actual games. And Dobbs is making plays. And unfortunately, the interception happened, you know, at the end where and I I listened to LaFleur before we got on and was saying, like, yeah, that was you know, like Romeo thought that that was a broken play because Jordan started to move. And the yep. idea was for Jordan to Romeo to just stay. I ended up in my neighbor's garage because I just tried to change the vibes of the uh, first half. And I told him, I was like, I think that play probably works in two weeks, three, four weeks, five weeks. Yeah. Like it's such it, a, it was such a bang bang. I don't think, I mean, the play wouldn't have been, it would have got blown up anyways, had yeah. Romeo stayed on it. But then you look at it and you're like, if, if Jordan would have hung on to the ball for a second more, yeah. that's a, that's a lob over the top and, and Romeo's wide open. So it's a, yeah. it's a bang, bang play. It's timing with, with those guys is kind of knowing each other and that'll, that'll come with time. Right. For sure. Uh, and three kegs also to, or we'll move to three kegs, Kingsley and Gimbare with three kegs. Um, and Kingsley played real well. I thought that, you know, he got in on a lot of different plays. He was really attacking the attacking the quarterback. He had kind of had a rough start to the season. So to kind of see him bounce back against a pretty good Lions offensive line was encouraging. And if he becomes a guy for them, that's a really good, you know, rotational player that they need as Rashawn Gary continues to kind of ramp up to to full strength. Yeah, and didn't have, I mean, didn't have like a huge, you know, stats, but I think he was in on the plays. I thought he made the plays he needed to make and was kind of in the right positions and and just made it made it uh, easier on himself. Didn't, you know, didn't cause any issues or, or plays that shouldn't have been. I th- thought he was in the right position, made the plays he needs to. And uh, yeah, if he can become a guy and and with him, and, and I thought Preston Smith played well, well, played better in the first half than I think in the second half, but um, when you kind of get those guys clicking and you and you finally get Rashawn up to full speed, um, you know those edges are are, are can be real def- real dangerous guys and pieces. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Give us give us the other uh, other three keg for for the people. Yeah, Deguerra, I thought stepped up and and uh, we talked about. It. I thought he played you know played well. Um, in, in really the absence of Luke Musgrave again, we're not sure exactly what is 
Yeah, if he has a, if he has a concussion or if they yep. just rested him and were like, yeah. you know, we don't need you, we don't need a Brian Branch yourself. Like wild. Well, like, I don't know like, what that was about. Oh yeah. my God. Like if you're a Lions fan tonight, like you're talking about how great it was to be the Packers, like all these NFC North teams come themselves when they beat the Packers. But like you're one of your better defensive players goes out, basically goes out after he got carted off and he was out there set up 17. Like what the fuck are you doing? Yep. So, but yeah, the girl, was great. I, I liked what I saw from Josiah. Um, I, I think that he continues to make little inroads. I don't think he's ever going to be a game breaker, but no. I, I think to your point about like the short intermediate passes, Josiah could be a guy that's like, Hey, five yard safety ball. I think, even if the Packers are going to try to throw like deeper passes or crossing routes and things like that, try to push the ball downfield, like have those safety balls, have it be Josiah DeGuerre, have it be Aaron Jones, have it be AJ Dillon, like have those guys ready and waiting. So I think DeGuerre can be that even if Musgrave is able to come back from the concussion. I'd love to see. I mean, concussions, the way they're doing protocol now, it's like a one week injury basically. Yeah. Um, and, but we'll see what the long, the long time frame of maybe, Maybe Musgrave can come back. Uh, two kegs. I have Jordan Love. Uh, Jordan Love. Like there were moments, you know, the pass to Jaden Reed that probably should not have been been called. Yeah. And people were pissed, which would have been great if the Packers had won the game because Lions fans think that we get all the calls and would have just fucking bitched to all high hell. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Love had some moments um, in this game. Second half was great. The quarterback draw was fantastic. Um, for for Jordan Love, it looked I, like a design. Yeah, that looked. Oh, like totally. Design. It was it totally was total design. Yeah, it was it was a great yeah. play call. Yeah, my my dad my dad loves my dad loves the quarterback draw down at the goal line. Like he's like that's one of the that's one of the best plays at the goal line because mm-hmm. no one sees it come and everyone's you know going off the field and I I thought that yeah Love had moments. I thought there were some real struggles. I think he did not exactly handle pressure well. I I hate to you know, give Colin Coward credit because Colin Coward was like, I, we don't know what love will be under pressure. And we saw it tonight. And that's, that's a little scary. And I don't know if that, that'll be an adjustment for Matt LaFleur with this new offensive line. How do you, how do you keep love upright? How do you keep him from not collapsing in the pocket? Is it shotgun? Is it rolling him out? Is it, you know, what are, what are they going to do? And the Raiders defensively aren't very good, but Max, Max Crosby's there, and Max Crosby's a beast. And so how are you going to deal with Max Crosby? Yeah, and I think the the stuff with with Love, there was definitely plays earlier, I think more in the first half than I saw in the second, that he just – he's got to either let go or he's got to throw away. Like, I, he, I haven't seen him throw away many balls. It's It's been a sack no. or it's been – he's been able to have time. And, and, again, once you get it against a better defense, you're just not going to have that – to be fair, and I I hate cowards, so I'm not going to give him any praise. Uh, we have no idea what this what this offensive line was going to look like tonight, and you know certainly, I mean he's working with guys that are right probably not even backups. You know, respectively, I think most of these guys, you know, again we've said Newman and other guys. I just they, in in my opinion, they're not starters. They're not they're not NFL players, um, and and just you could tell. And and you know Detroit, you know went went after that, and so. Some of it was on Jordan early on, I think, just hanging onto the ball, throwing, not throwing the ball when he should have, or even taking, taking a little bit of chances, right? Just letting the ball rip and and giving giving your offensive guys a, a chance. But um, 
yeah, it wasn't pretty. I thought he he made some some gorgeous throws. Um, you know, the one that Jordan or to Jaden Reed that did not uh, count the touchdown there in the second half. Oh that, yeah, that's that beautiful. One. Um, just couldn't get couldn't get that second uh, second one down and. Thought the ball to Samari Toure that he caught wasn't was a nice ball. So he he's got all the, the throws. I think just the the pressure got to him, rattled him a little bit, and uh, yeah, it wasn't his, his best day. But I mean, those are going to come, and you know, you, you kind of live with it. Yeah, you can't be perfect. Uh, other two cag Rasul Douglas. Uh, Rasul got torched in the first quarter. Uh, he missed the tackle on Laporta that sprung the big gain, and then he slips, and Amra St. Brown scores a touchdown. Yeah, it was very humbling in the moment where I was like, okay, get yeah. the field goal. We have a three, nothing lead. Great. You don't anymore. Uh, and Douglas was a conduit. Now, granted, he didn't really struggle the rest of the game. Like Amra didn't exactly have like this awesome, this awesome game. He had some catches, right. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like this Amra breakout game or you know, not that he, I mean, he deserves like he's already at that breakout level, but. What did he finish? I mean, they didn't, to be fair, they didn't have to. I mean, no, yeah, that's actually a great point, right? Like five for 56 with a touchdown. So it was a decent day for him, but he, you're right. He didn't need to. And so, yeah, Rasul Douglas just survives the one keg because there was no, uh, there was, there wasn't a chance to get roasted that bad. We have too many, too many, uh, number or too many one kegs here and no we could i mean we could rip through it i mean go ahead get get, get us started yeah so it's quay on quay's play really is what it was on special teams and and i have a hard time with this because it, it it's not while it's called a personal foul and while it's it's yeah. you know it's it's not him pushing a trainer or it's not him doing something stupid and, and having this this mental breakdown right it's really him trying to make a play but probably just not being familiar enough with the rules as to what you can and can't do. To my understanding, you can do what he did. Just you have to be within a yard of the ball. And he, and he was not, which again, yeah, he, he did. He did like a over, high jump. He jumps over the center and he, he barely like clips the center, but again, kind of gets, gets a running start, which is, is not legal. It's kind of a bullshit penalty, but you know, you got to know in that moment, you know, if you're going to be playing those snaps, you got to know, what what a penalty is what it's not and again if if that's means you asking the ref hey am i one yard off um then you have to do it because it it well well it didn't you know necessarily end the game for us it you know it ultimately did because it just put them up three scores and um you know it's kind of all they wrote from there well right it, it was the it was kind of the window because dan campbell could have delivered the knockout punch and he went chicken shit to take mm-hmm. the field goal. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's 30 to 17. There's, there's a way it's, yeah, it's yeah. a hard way. It's not, it's not going to be easy here, but yeah. there's a, there's a chance you could win this football game. And then not only, and then I called it out. I was, when I was watching my neighbors, like, I think you can do that. I was like, no, I don't think so. And they had to get New York to tell them like, Hey, you got to call that. Like you can't like, we're already getting roasted for your zero on zero. We can't have this. Like we're gonna, they're gonna think the Packers are are getting the game. Uh, so yeah, it was an unfortunate play. I think if anybody's hating on Quay uh, today, they need to get a fucking life um, because he had a good game. Uh, he he just did. And yeah, he had bad special teams play, but yep. that's that's it. Uh, we'll rip through. Go uh, one keg through the offensive line. Uh, terrible. Like I, 
I can't watch more than Bryce Newman, Shannon. I, I just can't do it. I can't watch – I like maybe Josh Myers, but I, I don't under – if Elton Jenkins can't play next week, and he seems to be optimistic that maybe he can go sooner rather than later. He's not going on IR, um, which is great with a sprained MCL, but I would imagine the Packers being a conservative medical staff. They'll be like, hey, take take the time off through the Raiders game, come back for the Vikings game after the bye. Um I would love to see Sean Ryan at left guard. I'd like to see Tom at center, running at right guard, and then Josh Nyman at, at right tackle. I mean, and I, Rasheed Walker looked absolutely lost out there today. That also is true. And that, that was, was – everyone that got was excited. And, and everyone got excited about Rasheed Walker. And they're like, oh, Packers did it again. It's like, oh, are you sure? He looked absolutely but, lost. Yeah. No, it's it's it wasn't good. And I <laughs> – I can't remember when I said it and, you know, I, I do a lot of podcasts here, but it's like, I, the, my biggest worry was that this team would lose their veterans in some capacity with injuries. And then that would kind of derail it. And we wouldn't really know the real Packers. And I starting to get scared. That that's kind of what, where we're at. Um, the Lions hysteria is also one keg because it's just going to be obnoxious tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if I'll listen to part of my take. I listen to Simmons because I want to hear him cope about Damian Lillard and Bucks, uh, but he'll I it'll be I guarantee you here's how the that podcast will be might be out before this is out, but it'll be Lions sneaky Super Bowl, Dame to Milwaukee with Ben Thompson I think it's gonna be on the show, but it's like <laughs> the Lions hype Schrager sucks their dick I like Peter Schrager but like let's just be real he's in yeah. Brad Holmes back pocket and uh, yeah it's just gonna suck and, uh, I'm gonna hate it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, it's no Elton, no Bach, no uh, Jair. Um, you know, it, but it's kind of warranted. It's kind of it's kind of warranted, though, right? Like they beat the Chiefs and Packers on the road. They beat Atlanta. They Chiefs also didn't have Kelsey. Didn't have Chris Jones. I mean, oh, I, I like this. I like it. Fraud. You know, fraud I, I, I'm a, they played. They played. They they beat us up and down today. Yeah, no. Um, no, no. I, I, no. I'm not trying to take anything away no, from No, that. no. No, look, there. don't 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 apologize here. I no, like no. this. This is good therapy for me. Like this is how this is how I cope. And now I'll be like, you're right. This lion they are frauds. I get this. Okay. Beat a bad Atlanta team. I, I yeah. even, you know, Atlanta beats us. I mean, I, Desmond Ritter is not a starting quarterback in this league and he show, no. he's showing it. No, I don't um, I don't like I don't like Atlanta at all. Uh all right, why don't you give us the next couple and then we'll we have one more one yeah very adjustments uh we talked about it i mean it, there was really zero that we heard um from like the defensive line it, it sounds like from what you told me and i i didn't notice this too much but kenny clark was getting doubled pretty much all game you didn't hear much from yep. Devontae Wyatt, even though he shows up on the stats uh i thought tj slayton actually had made a couple a couple nice plays but man for for what they did, and again, this goes to Quay having 19 tackles. Like your your defensive line was not really making the plays. How many? Um, how many soft boxes? Go ahead. Sorry, but like how many? Yeah, soft I don't boxes? know. I mean, but yeah, and you got 32 carries for Montgomery for 121. I mean, a I lot mean, of them were little ones. He only averaged 3.8 yards, but I mean, there was six, seven yard, you know, runs at a time, and it wasn't. Um, you know, there was really nothing that we we could do in it. Yeah, again, like you said, I, I wanted them to dial up the pressure a little bit more in, in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, Gary was in on a few plays that you, you can see him giving it his all. Um, I, I don't know what we're doing with Van Ness. Like I, he's he's not getting a ton of snaps, he's just not seeing the field. And 
Um, he also, oh god, he dropped in a pass in in a on that last one and just stood there. And I'm like, all right, well, is that why you're not seeing the field? Because that was just pathetic. But, um, man, just like unleash that guy, just let him run, you know, just let him rush the passer. And and we're just not doing that either. Well, he also, he also looks good against the run. Like if he's going to be good against the run, like we need all the help we can get, like let, let that happen. Yep. And I think, I've been on the fire Joe Barry thing for a while. I've probably been on it since since the Jalen Hurts game when Hurts and the Eagles tore us up on Sunday Night Football. That was pretty much where I, I finally was like, all right, I'm done with Joe Barry. I, I do think that, like, yes, you should fire Joe Barry to try to save your defense. I, I truly believe he if they have another bad performance against Vegas, he's gone. I want him gone before Vegas. There's enough time. But I, I just don't expect Packers to do it. The only reason yeah. why I wonder if they will is because Mark Murphy in in July to the shareholders was like, we need to rely on our defense for the first six games of this year. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was so pointed. That was so like to Matt, like, hey, look, we backed you. We agreed with you that you can keep it. And, you know, here we are. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and and sorry to interrupt, but like no. I think he, he, along with many Packer fans, didn't expect the offense and granted they start slow, but I don't think he thought the offense would kind of click as much as maybe they have. Like again, right. Seeing great strides out of, out of Reed. And I think love is, is well beyond what we thought he'd be at this point. They're two and two again, not maybe ideally where they at, but I think the offense, we worried more about what the offense would sure. look like than where they're at now. Yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, and keep, yeah, but keep, you yeah. you have you have guys you just have guys there and you need to also see like if you fire Joe Barry and then it's still bad then you have a problem with your defense and you have to figure out all right what do we need to do to improve who do we need to bring in what guys do we need to bring in all this other stuff all right we got a couple more I want to talk about other stuff so we'll we'll rip through but we don't even, if we don't want to talk about MLF's Q1 script we can get to the last one which is quite spicy. Yeah, I mean, game script, we talked about it a little bit. Um, just lack of running the ball. Um, yeah, 12 yeah. total carries, some of that. Two of them were were loves just kind of off script. So five for Dylan, five for um, Jones. Um, had what, negative? They had negative yards at one point in the first half. They might have yeah. ended. They, they had some scrap ones, but um, just awful, awful game plan early on. Again, I think Dan Campbell had the game plan that we should have had. Um, running the ball, and uh, I don't know. Again, I don't, uh, Aaron Jones got flipped early in that first quarter, and I don't know if that had something to do with him getting less touches and less plays and snaps. But, um, and I don't know if that was the, always the plan was to kind of bring him along slowly. But you know, he was, you know, kind of unusable. You know, they didn't or they just didn't plan to use him at all, yep. and it, it showed. So. Um, you talked about we got to start faster, and and uh, you know, Lafleur's got to change some things up. Right, a- absolutely. I, I think that that has to that has to change, and that's that's definitely true. And his his scripts need some work. Um, you got to start these guys faster. Last goal and keg to the to the gold package. Shout out to the gold package. We do have some friends who go to all these games, so we're not ripping those guys. Shout out to Josh. Shout out to Henny. But fuck. The amount of Lions fans there was pathetic. That yeah. was SoFi. That was Vegas shit out of those Packer fans. And I think, weirdly enough, that that is going to be the bigger headline from this game. Like, I, I really do. Like, I think that people are fed up with it. I think that 
you're going to need to try to fix the gold package. And I think one of it is they don't have tickets for the NFC North, right? They don't get to see the Lions. They don't get to see the Vikings. They don't get to see the Bears. And you start there and you say, okay, we'll give you the Chargers and Rams, which are back-to-back weeks. But you know what? We know the Chargers and Rams aren't traveling, so fuck right. you guys. Or yep. we're going to give you the Chargers and we're going to give you the Buccaneers. We don't. We know those the Buccaneers fans aren't traveling mm-hmm. in in December, right? They're not going to watch their team in December. We're giving you that game. Sorry, that's it. Like this is it's absolutely pathetic. It's embarrassing. I I just can't. It's hard to wrap your head around just seeing all those Lions fans hearing the "Let's Go Lions" chant during yeah, the fucking I mean, that was game. During the like fucking game, like come on, like I that's just so bad. Like these motherfuckers should be so embarrassed. And I don't know if any of you are listening or your or it was your parents that listened to them, but like seriously, like that's just terrible. I I can't have it. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen anything like that, um, and been. Yeah, like I said, borderline embarrassed for not. I mean, just and it doesn't help that the the game was as bad as it was, and right. They but they mentioned it. They mentioned it on yeah. the podcast. Michael's mentioned it. He's like, oh, this is the Milwaukee package, but they they talked about it a few times of how loud it was in there, and then it, that at times it sounded like there were more Lions fans there than Packers fans, and that's just like something is kind of unheard of with yeah with our, our fan base. And the first time you were like, this is this is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, and. I think I think the other part of it too is like they I will say to your point about embarrassing, like they do the Packer brass does not like to be embarrassed. Mark Murphy, those guys, they the the board, like they do not want to be embarrassed. And I, I think he's gonna deal with a lot of calls tomorrow about this whole this whole thing. So any final thoughts before uh I get your takes on Dame, Club Life, maybe a little brewers before uh before we wrap up today. Uh no yeah I mean uh I'm two and two I, I I'm okay where we're at as far as Packers it wasn't wasn't what we wanted to see tonight but I, I've seen enough out of love to to know like he's he's our guy um I'm comfortable saying that the growth of what these receivers could be if if we can stay healthy I love Dobbs love uh you know when Watson's healthy what he can bring and again guy like Reed who's getting big big minutes right now yeah um. It's huge, and so I'm I'm excited for the growth of that. But yeah, dude, yeah. let's let's talk some good news with uh, James. Can, can I actually? Can I ask you one question? Yeah, yeah. Am I am I like an idiot here? Like I obviously am an idiot now, but I didn't start David Montgomery in two leagues today. Today, and yeah, I, uh, I mean now it's now it's even more evident that you you just start your your running backs against the Packers. Um, last <laughs> last I, week was. Last well, week was I, I I rolled Troy Jones last week in our league just because I was like, well, our league just you it's the bottom of the barrel, like you're fishing for people. And, but yeah. it's like, but David Montgomery, like I thought that he wasn't going to get like I from what I understood, it was like he's going to be limited, like it's going to be more of a Jameer Grimm skip script, and it wasn't. It was David Montgomery, and he had forty points, and he is sitting on two sleeper benches of mine, and I. I want to die in a fire. That stuff I hate. Like I, I mean, this was this was the same thing last year though. It was like you start your running backs against the Packers. Um, okay. I mean, right. granted, right. it was Tony Jones Jr. and and Kendry Miller, a rookie in his first game last yeah. week. I, I, um, look, 
Uh, it's you Very just call me you just call me an idiot. I I just I I thought that David Montgomery would not get the reps that I thought he would get today. That's okay. I mean, yeah. thirty-two carries is kind of unheard of. That's not a. a yeah, I get a fucking die, Bruce. I just I thought that he wasn't gonna. I just thought he, he they were gonna ease him in, but I. I I played against a guy who did not play him as well, and I, I texted him. I said thank you. So, um, yeah, not not uh, not ideal, but well, I'll yeah. I'll probably lose I'll probably lose both those weeks, and if I had the Montgomery forty points, I probably would. So I'm gonna fucking hate myself uh, by by Monday, but that's okay. All right, happy now. Dame Lillard, Milwaukee Buck. Uh, <laughs> did you ever think this was possible? Is this something that you wanted? I mean, I know you and I talked. Like, I was like, I'm kind of hesitant on this. Like, this is a lot of fucking money. I've now obviously sort of backed off that to be like, well, what if the Bucks think he's going to retire? Because if he retires, that contract's void. That contract doesn't even matter. Um, so let me hear Dame thoughts um, and uh, in, in what we got. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I put it in our group chat, but there was that. Le- I don't know. It was that one leak of, hey, there's a mystery team involved. And I think we were all like, eh, a lot of people are just bullshitting there and saying it's Milwaukee. Um, I never thought it would happen just because I didn't think we had the pieces. Um, right. And, and just the uh, just kind of the quiet nature of how they went about it. I mean, talk about like the the like the stuff that happened with with uh, with Bogey and how that got yeah. blown up in our faces and how nothing's a secret anymore in this league. And uh, I walked into my office and, uh, you know, Sparky, shout out to Sparky on 1250 AM. He was running down the hallway. was like screaming. And I had just gotten back from lunch and he was like, we just, we just made the trade for Damon. I'm like, no way. And then I had to pull my phone out, obviously like everybody and be like, is this, is this real? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's met with bittersweet feelings, you know, especially with the, the drew message that came, uh, um, you know, yesterday is, is you know Thursday is just how he's a buck 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 for life was even the day before, and then he kind of had his farewell. I, I mean, I think a lot of people would say he's probably their their second favorite buck, you know, next to Giannis, at least in in the the more recent term. But when you have the opportunity to cement and solidify your 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 true superstar in Giannis for you know likelihood the next you know five three to five years, you do it and. uh and Dame was was that one, he, you know? I think Giannis challenged us, and uh, they went out and uh, and did what they had to. And man, uh, it's exciting. This is the most excited I've been about Bucks basketball since that Drew trade. But right, I mean, it's it's one of those things where they, you know, you saw the. I think it was Haynes that had the article where Giannis texted him like, "Let's win this fucking championship." Yep, and that the the relationship is already kind of there. Dame is going to be hungry as hell to win a title. It is Clyde Drexler-esque from 1995 when he went to the Rockets, which is weird because Drexler obviously was Portland, but it's the exact same scenario, uh, and it, it's all there. The motivation is there. And while I was hesitant about it for the, the contracts, at, at some points you just kind of have to say, fuck it, and you have to say, all right, we'll just figure this out. It's gonna it's gonna take some time. We're going to, we're going to have to just if we win two championships, are anybody gonna care about Dame Lillard's fucking contract in two years? Probably not. Even if we win another one, like if we get one more, like I think that's that's gonna 
sufficient, right? And that's kind of what Giannis wants. Did, and, uh, did I hear you on the pod say, and, and maybe it was you, and maybe it was, is the fact that if he gets another, like maybe you put it out there that if he gets another one or two, like if he gets a championship or two in the next few years, he he retires and that money is not then owed. Yes, him. it's avoid you avoid that deal. You avoid right. that deal. So maybe they think that's going to happen. Maybe they think that he won't take the money because he's going to retire. The other part of it that I said was the TV money is going to grow. They are getting a new TV deal. The reason why that they put in all the rules about resting national media stuff is because they have a TV contract that's coming up. They want to sell the shit out of this. And so that's part of it. And these contracts might not look as significant, right? Uh, Mitch brought up how like Chris Milton in 2019, we're like, oh my God, Chris Milton's making so much fucking money. And now, and then you look at it now, 39 million is a drop in the bucket, which sounds crass. Like it sounds terrible, but that's how it is. And so I, I, yeah, I'm not worried about it anymore. I was worried about it in April. Uh, you can find the tapes. It's there. I was like, I don't want Dave to said that. Uh, now I, I feel, I feel differently about it. I just do. And it's, it's going to be great. I think the, it's going to be really hard to stop the Bucks. They're going to have a huge target on their back, a big, maybe a bigger target than they did after the championship, but it's, it's fun. And I, I think that East was there for the taking and John Horst saw the opportunity and said, let's go grab it. I still think if they brought back their entire team, they would have been right there at the top, but now they've separated themselves from Philadelphia, Boston and Cleveland. Yeah. And I think the one, you know, a lot of the national media and, and of course they're trying to find a way to, Oh God! To find so to find a hole in the trade, right? Is oh, Dame's, you know, he's thirty four. This or that. I think uh, the thing I I thought about that was, you know, it, it'd be one thing if Dame was was that old and he was a Russell Westbrook type. He's never been the athletic, uber athletic type. Where right. when your legs go, the game goes. Like Dame's always been, um, you know, I don't want to say slow. He's not a slow player, but he, he doesn't thrive off athleticism, and so I I don't. I don't think the age is much big is that big of a deal in my opinion. Um, the one thing, and I think I texted you, the one thing I'd be most afraid of is Drew going to oh, Boston. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. You know, Boston. It's, it's, it's it, and, and I don't think Philly will happen, but I mean, that would just be the, the thing would, would be just the ultimate, you know, 2023 thing is uh, somebody go after fucking Drew after we just got rid of him, and then he hits, and then he hits the layup. He hits the biggest layup in like game six against us, and then right, we're right. all, we're all out there. But like Kevin O'Connor pointed out, and I, I appreciate Kevin O'Connor for being the only national media person to actually surface that he's like he had his his playoff numbers are similar to Eric Bledsoe's. That's just what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you can like Drew Holiday; he's a great fucking guy. Everybody likes Drew Holiday. But he did not show up at the playoffs. And when Giannis told him, hey, I want to guard Jimmy Butler, and he's like, no. And Bud was like, no. Giannis got both of their assists out. Like, it's crazy yeah. that a loss to the Heat ha- this happened. Because if they don't lose the Heat, these guys That's are – the, everybody's, everybody's here. Everybody's here. And so maybe in a weird way, the Heat thing was the best thing that happened. The national media thing is so embarrassing. I, I – I've had a lot of respect for Brian Windhorst. I, I think Brian Windhorst does good good work or he had done good work. And it's not like just one thing. And then he meets – he honestly, I bet Wendy would probably – he wouldn't do a pile with me because I've talked enough shit. But it's like I just – I don't understand where he's coming from with the honest stuff. Like I just want to understand like 
he obviously thinks he knows something. He thinks he has a source, and I don't yeah, know so what that source is. Flag somewhere, you know. And right? Yeah. But it's like take chances and take shots that that have such a small chance of working out, and then they can say, "I was that guy." That's the one well, thing. Like even th- even like I was running this morning, like MBD but KBD, and like they were they had for I had for on and. Basically, Stephen A. launches into this whole thing about like Drew Holiday in Miami and New York. Can you imagine J- Drew Holiday and Jalen Brunson and all this other stuff? And it's work. a topic about fucking Damon Milwaukee. They have no idea how to cover the box. They don't want to watch the box. Yeah. I think I do wonder like if the Bucks are abs- as absurd as I think they might be offensively. Will people just watch them because it's like it's so fun to watch and everyone's gonna jump on the bandwagon and be like, oh wait, like this is great. Like we don't care that the Bucks are Bucks are this, the Bucks are that. Market, right. that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean it I and just kind of to, to put a bow on just just the op- what he does to the the just openness of the offense. Like this is a guy you have to guard at 35 feet, like yeah. legitimately guard and I think um uh on the low podcast low um podcast I was listening today is like this Giannis Dame pick and roll might be the most lethal offensive play in the NBA this year and it's and you can look at the stats and and the analytics and the efficiency when Drew ran it is actually one of the worst um and so just just the combination of those two and having having to guard. Uh, a wing like Chris, another knockdown guy. It's just the the options. Um, you know, I don't want to say are endless, but just the the openness of the offense. Um, and and I'm really really hoping that Griffin in his first year can can exploit that. And yeah, um, man, it's it's so exciting. And and uh, man, Evan Turner's eating his words now too. Is oh yeah, sweet of nobody wants to come to Milwaukee and play with you, bro. But uh. Yeah, he's he's just trying to grasp whatever he can. He yeah, they, that's and exciting, they, dude. And they also realize that this. They also the national media doesn't. They don't have the Giannis like, oh, will he opt out? I mean, there's some people that are holding on to that, but it's like read the fucking room. Like they, I guess the Bucks did offer them an extension recently, but Giannis would lose a ton of money signing the extension early. He's not going to sign it early, okay. and it'll be fine. Won't be a big deal. We'll you know we'll we'll relax with that, and it, it's going to be uh, awesome. Can I ask you, do you buy in that the Bucks didn't consult Giannis? No, that's they're just oh. trying to they're they're just trying to uh make sure that he doesn't look like he was telling people throwing to get somebody out. Here. Right. Right. They yeah. yeah. He was, oh, was which, I thought was, which I thought was weird because you had the John Henson thing, and I know you mentioned it on your earlier pod of of how he kind of vetoed the the Chris Middleton for Jimmy Butler thing. Yeah. Um, it'd be yeah, it'd be it was just kind of odd timing that that they brought that in. And yeah, I think you're just trying to protect your, your guy. Um, I think Giannis knew a ama- if there was going to be a, a, a massive move like this made, it was, it was Drew or, or Chris, it was going to be one of them. And yeah, it's a business at the end of the day. Like if you're going to make a, if you're going to make another championship, you got to make some tough decisions. Well, yeah. And you, you've ran the course with this team. They probably could have another ring if Chris doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it, and they, and that twenty twenty team is very good. If the pandemic doesn't happen, who knows, right? Yeah. So it's like there that it is what it is. Now this new window starts, and now you start a new window with Dame. 
acting about Dame's age and worrying about Dame's age when Drew's the same age as, you know, that's, you have to acknowledge that. You can't just be like, oh, Dame's old. It's like, well, same age as Drew. So it's like, what are you, what are we doing here? Um, and I, I really think the Bucks have a great shot. The pressure of it always worries me, but I, I have learned, like, I think with Marquette being that they're going to be very good this, this winter as well, or should be, like you just can't run from the pressure. Like you gotta be, you just gotta be excited about it, and you have and to like was, embrace it. You always kind of get nervous with with Drew because he never seemed like. I mean, like you said, you you never really saw it from him in the playoffs. And Dame is the complete opposite. Maybe oh, yeah. the most the, the, clutch players in all of the playoffs. Who has some of the most clutch shots in all of the playoffs, and again, a guy that you don't have to necessarily say, "Hey, Giannis, we need a bucket," or Chris, like. You have a legitimate go-to guy that you need if you need a bucket or you want that last shot, and I'm sure that'll be a conversation. Oh yeah, it will. Yeah, everyone's gonna go nuts when like the first, like the first time like Giannis takes a shot over Dame in the late quarter, where it's like, well, and he misses or something, and they're right. like, why is Dame shooting this? Is there a dysfunction? Whatever. And but what's also crazy, like Chris Paul's a closer too. Like yeah. they have two legitimate closers on their team they have solved the stagnant offense they are yeah it's a the the road is there for them i don't even think they're a super team i know people probably won't call them that i i guess they are because dame lillard has such a a such the accolades but he's going to be beloved i think you're going to have him throughout the first pitch uh for maybe the brewery i don't know if he'll do game one i think that'll be you (laughs) but i think you're going to dame lillard throwing out a first pitch I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a big deal, man. All right. Uh any other so you've been you DJ and you're at Trinity tonight. You're at Sophie tomorrow. Go see him. For the, our listeners are usually a little older. Sophie's probably more your scene. Cathedral Square, if you've never been, basement bar. I love it there. Um, if I'm out and about, I might find you might see me there. Um, so you can join me. But yeah, it's uh, anything, anything in the uh, in the club scene to report. Anything that's hot right now, uh, going on. Yeah, I mean it's it's school's back, so you're you're guaranteed. At least most of the places that I play are, are you know, you're guaranteed to have a pretty good night. Yeah. Um, I will say the the requests. Um, I wouldn't say they've changed, but it's just like you've got the new request is just sexy red is basically like whatever oh, yeah. now. And it's, I think it's terrible music, but it's just, it's, it's the new hip hop and it's the hype. And obviously the jets, you know, yeah. amplify that in their hard knocks. And um, it's, yeah, it's just kind of taken over as like the new request and uh, not ideal. Cause it's not like the, it's not necessarily like a, yeah, at every venue, um, right? It has like a little bit of that, like Bobby Schmurda, almost like that, like sort of that, like hard bass where it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work for like a club song, really. Yeah, and it's interesting because like you get, and you saw again, like I said, in the hard knock thing, you get both men and women requesting it, um, which again is it's it's just it's something different that I've noticed is like you get a lot of the guys asking for male artists, you get the girls asking for female artists and um you know with sexy red for whatever reason, um 
she uh, appeals to both sexes. But yeah, that's kind of the 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 new request as of late, and I'm sure towards the end of the year there'll be something else. But um, oh yeah, kind, it, of, kind it, of same old, same old. Just keep grinding. Right. It's you know it's the normal the normal stuff at the top of the charts, and you know they. There's been a lot there in terms of in terms of music. Taylor Swift just not going away. You know, she'll have the the concert coming out and and everything like that. And I do enjoy Doja Cat's Paint the Town Red. I feel like that's as good of a banger as as she's had. I also I saw it I I don't know. Did you watch Dave on, on Hulu? I don't. I've heard really good things. Buddy, Dave's yeah. Dave's great. You love Dave. Watch yeah. it. But that's like your homework. So next month when we do when we do the Halloween pod, um, Dave, yeah, do, do that. But anyways, she's on one of the episodes. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and then you have Olivia Rodrigo coming back to life and, and everything like that. And now I'm interested. I'm interested in that because Drake couldn't sell out the Pfizer, which is insane. Oh, interesting. And I didn't know he didn't sell out. He, he did not, Olivia no. Rodrigo definitely did. Because, so I'll give you a little. So I'll give you a little background on that, Drake. Oh, oh. About this. Um, so I was told a little birdie that that initially Drake booked two nights, Thursday and Friday, when he was coming to Milwaukee. Now, if everybody remembers, the, the Thursday show ended up getting well. Technically, there was no two shows. It was always just going to be on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, the Thursday show, and so I get so I work with a client who is hosting an after party with, um, and I don't want talk too much but somebody from drake's no. crew like an yeah. official yeah an official after party OVO, yeah the whole thing yep. and they text me on saturday either the in the weekend prior and they're like hey the the show's probably getting moved to friday and so i start kind of texting around and texting my guys because i'm at whitetail that friday i'm like hey just just a heads up the show might get moved um and everybody was like all right yeah maybe maybe this and that so nobody really wanted to to jump on it and ends up i think they announced like tuesday at like noon yeah, yeah they pulled, that the show yeah. was getting moved and, and you gotta imagine the amount of people that were planning on thursday that you know got sitters or did this or that or called off of work or this you know whatever it was so apparently what why it happened was that ticket sales on thursday were so bad that they were like we're we're not getting the return we're gonna see on a thursday we need to move this to a friday show um, and so that was actually the, the reason they ended up moving to Friday, but still didn't end up selling out the Pfizer. Because you have to imagine, I don't know how many of those tickets sales from Thursday they retained into Friday. But I think they thought if we take the loss on the Thursday tickets, we'll still make it up on, you know, on maybe Friday, we retain yeah. 50% of, of the Thursday tickets and and try to do a blitz here on on pricing and getting people in there on Friday. So uh, but I, I, from what I've heard, Olivia Rodrigo is tracking towards a sellout, which is just crazy. Um, yeah, my wife tried to get tickets, and I think she got put on the wait list uh, for it, and she didn't, she didn't get them. Um, and then, but yeah, I mean that that March is crazy because you have Zach Bryant on the eighth, who just was here. He was at Summerfest. Now he's coming back. He's gotten more popular. You know every. Gen Z girl and a lot of guys like him. Like you put him in, you put it, you you probably have somewhere in the orange in a fucking Instagram or TikTok post. And and then Olivia Rodrigo's like eight days later. Like that's a crazy stretch. And I also originally I told my wife, I was like, I can't go to Olivia Rodrigo. It's uh it's like <laughs> the first weekend of the tournament. 
I like her music. I actually, I think that was like my top Spotify artist uh, last year. Uh, I, I, I appreciate her music. Oh, yeah. totally. And so like, I would definitely go. I was like, but it's like, yeah, tournament Saturday. Like, can't, can't do that. It's actually, so, but it's oh, actually, it's actually the day before selection Sunday. So the only worry I'd have is Marquette. And if Marquette was in the biggest championship, but I've already seen what, I don't know, man, that'd be tough though. I couldn't, I don't know. That would be, that'd be hard. I praise for those. For Marquette already, Matt, dude, like Marquette's gonna be good. I saw Syracuse gonna play a, a man to man this year. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that today. Yeah. Like we're playing man to man. We're getting out of the dark. Red Autry's changed some things up, man. We, we could we could be playing each other in Mount. I don't know when, but we we are in the, the same bracket for Mount, which is in Honolulu this year because of the fires. But like you know, that could that could happen. We could lock horns there, which would be great. Oh, I thought Rodrigo was going to be the same day as the shuffle, but they are different. So. No, no, no. The shuffles, the shuffles that first, that first. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Speaking of Marquette, a couple of scheduling things that are very interesting with Marquette from a party perspective. They have a Notre Dame game in middle of December at eight o'clock at night on a Saturday. Mm. That talk about just yes, yeah. and National Marquette Day is at five o'clock. It's a game against St. John's. There, the game's at five. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. February fourth. It's like February. It's uh the Super Bowl week, so we're gonna probably be in Vegas for Packers, whoever. Uh, just kidding. But uh, yeah, that's uh that'll be my final send off before I go to Portugal. So I hopefully won't get in the doghouse before that. <laughs> that would be it. That'd be awkward. But anyways, yeah. So I mean, it's it'll be it'll be interesting, man. And yeah, college basketball. I can't wait. Uh, we'll we'll have to. That's a deep dive. It's about as excited as it's been for college yeah. basketball season in a long time. Syracuse yeah. getting the short end of the stick, though, this week against Clemson. And people who don't know, Shannon is a Syracuse orange fan, football and basketball. And you, you got to play Clemson, who's hungry for a win. So that's not that's not great. Oh, man. I don't know. Syracuse is playing pretty good. I did see something about their, uh, their ticket sales being down, which is crazy because they're expecting like an orange out in the dome. And obviously that was when they – was that five years ago when they upset Clemson? And they were yeah. Like, it was a Friday. Was that a Friday night, right? Yeah, I was at the Bucks game when it was it was going on. I remember that too. But uh, yeah, they're looking good. Um, we'll see. Garrett Schrader run, run the ball. Garrett Schrader's run the ball a little too much though. It's like he's <laughs> ran the ball like thirty nine times. Like guys gonna get killed. Yeah. Yeah, he'll he he takes a lot of dumb hits too. So um, I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure it'll all catch up to them here soon. We'll see though. I don't know. Maybe maybe they pull it off. Maybe they. Maybe they do. I always I hate backing a home, uh, a road favorite on that. Do you think USC is going to cover the twenty four before he lets you sign off? Man, they look good. Um, twenty four is a big spread. What, what what time is that game at? Eleven a.m. in uh, Colorado. I think the over under is like seventy three and a half. Can't imagine them getting spanked as bad, but I I mean I think a lot of Oregon woke that up with a little bit of being like, hey, let's let's put the brakes on, on Colorado. I mean, like granted, like they did not look good against Colorado State and no. had no business being in that game. And uh I think that woke up some people. I didn't I didn't think they were gonna get smacked as bad as they did it against Oregon. But man, USC's been playing really good. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, the USC defense is just it it asks you lead to so many questions and also like and I know this goes for both teams, but like I saw the guest list and like LeBron's going to be there. Jay-Z's oh going to be there. Snoop's going to be there. Like, 
like you get up, they, they're going to get up for those guys. And it's wow. going to be a madhouse there. And Travis Hunter playing, I, I saw, no. I was going to say, I don't think he's getting, he's no. getting the okay to play yet. No, I don't think so. So it, it's going to be, that's going to be something, man. And very interested to see what happens there. And yeah, it's good, good little, good little weekend. I, I might have to buy the red zone actually, because I'm not going to watch Bears Broncos. I don't even know if we get Bears Broncos. I can't put myself through it, so I might just buy the red zone for the month because we Packers barely play on Sunday. But, anyways, you're gonna be at Trinity tonight. Sophie tomorrow. Go see the boy. Go support the family. We appreciate that. And yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on. We'll have to have you back next uh, next month around birthday and uh, talk Halloween do's and don'ts. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're a Halloween expert, so uh, some people call you. Uh, one of the one of the top spooky experts that we have in uh, in the state and in in the country. Gladly, gladly. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on, brother. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. We'll we'll talk to you on Monday. We'll get ready for uh, Brewers playoffs and everything else in between. All right, take care. Have a good one. Bye.